Hello and welcome to episode number eight of Much More Football. I'm your host, Frankie Lupo, alongside Mitch Farnsworth is actually back this week, so that's breaking news. How are we doing, Mitch? We're here. Mitch, welcome back. Uh, yeah. What a uh, wait, what a week to be back. <laughs> it's nice to see you're out of your hiatus. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Ball, how yeah. are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. It's Friday. I'm still here. We're talking football. Yep. Can't ask for much more. Big slate of games this weekend that Big we're going to dive into. But before we get into those games, we're going to recap last week, starting with the absolute shocker of the year, Illinois upsetting Wisconsin off a last-second field goal and just an open conversation. What did you guys think about that upset? Mitch, have to go first. I'll go first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, man, what an upset. Uh, I definitely, Wisconsin caught looking ahead. Uh, it was just one of these other games that, you know, ranked teams look ahead and are on the road and they just fall apart. You know, they didn't really fall apart. I just feel like they didn't execute the way that Wisconsin is known to be executing. Um, you know, Taylor, the last time we saw Jonathan Taylor was he fumbled that ball inside the 20, and it gave Illinois a chance, and uh, they, they went down, and I think it, they kicked a field goal off of it. Um, uh, and then I was kind of confused on the Wisconsin. On third and five, they decided not to run it, and they throw it, and then it gets picked off right. with uh, two eight left to 50. I'm kind of thinking I would have played it more safe if, you know, you're playing this tough of a game. I know momentum's going against you, but rather than, you know, I would take a delayed run maybe up the middle on third and five and punt and make Illinois go the length of the field. But obviously it didn't turn out that way. You know, Cohen threw it, threw it a little behind or behind his receiver, and that guy picked it off. Illinois took it down and kicked the game-winning field goal. Mitch Bala, what were your thoughts on this game? Um, I think Lovey Smith for the Fighting Illini, I got his team and rallied them together yep. um, to pull off what you said is the shocker of the year so far. Yep. Um, I also would like to say that uh, Paul Chris, uh, I he looked confused. Like we talked not, about. Uh, not only was the, the players looking to Ohio State, I think he yep. was looking to Ohio State. That was a trap game. Yep. There's always these trap games. You got a, a big game the next week. Not only were... The players, but the coaches and the cheerleaders and the bus driver. The band. The band. Oh, that probably threw them off. The band. Um, Everyone. The principal. Oh, not principal. I'm sorry. The president of the school. Because we talked about uh, Ohio State Northwestern being a trap game, and we kind of just overlooked Illinois, but they they obviously didn't. (laughs) It happens all the time. It happens more than people want to give credit to. I'm not saying just Ohio State game It happens to everybody. It happens to everybody, and that's what happened. Um, Just the questionable play calling. Like Mitch said, you have the best running back in the country. Yep. Um, why you're throwing the ball there when you're trying to chew up clock first off is beyond me. Yeah. Um, but Taylor getting stripped, that can't happen. Even if they get a field goal there, that's pretty much game. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and he coughs it up and gives Illinois life, and they pull off one of the biggest upsets of the year. And we're going to talk about Wisconsin a little later, obviously, because of the Ohio State-Wisconsin matchup. But any final thoughts on, on, on this upset? Um, it kind of hurts Ohio State, in my opinion. It kind of hurts the Buckeyes. Um, this probably would have been like a 4-6, 4-7 matchup, and now it's 3-13, I think. Yeah, not only does it do that, it just um, for everybody out there that always wants to hate on other conferences, now it makes, you know, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, Wisconsin lost to Illinois. Yeah, the Big Ten's bad. It's just bad for the conference in general. This could have been an extremely – uh, even better slate of college football games had Wisconsin remained undefeated. But right. as far as I, I'm not very concerned. Um, 
It was a trap game, and they got trapped. They got caught overlooking. Mitch? Yep. It's very interesting. Georgia two weeks ago, Wisconsin this week. Could we go three weeks in a row? Yeah. You never know. We could definitely could. Well, Michigan and Penn State. Yeah, Michigan, Penn State. Um, yep. Mitch Farnsworth will let you uh, – we'll st- what were your thoughts as the Michigan fan? Obviously, get down – uh, first half looked terrible, but that second half of football, I mean, looked real good for you guys, had a chance to tie it up. What were you, just your overall thoughts on that game? Again, really disappointed in the way we start. You know, we looked very unprepared in the first quarter. Um, you know, didn't look physically and mentally ready at all. I don't even think that second half, I think it was about four minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, the rest of the game, I think, was the best we've played all year. The offense, you know, looked... It was moving the ball. It wasn't sputtering like it was all year. Um, it was it, it, it was just a tough game because you feel like you definitely had a chance, but, you know, just certain things at the end of the game just didn't go your way. Uh, the, I love the fight from them. Uh, absolutely doing down, going down 21 to nothing, and then they got that huge uh, drive to, right before the end of the half to make it 21 to 7, mm-hmm. kind of getting their momentum back on their side. And then, you know, the offense that coming out of the third quarter, you know, had two big drives that they could have, you know, put some points on the board, obviously didn't. And then they finally got it going in that uh, the second or that second half of the third quarter. They figured it out. Um, Hamler for Penn State was absolutely destroying us. We the way we were playing, we put, you know, linebackers on one of the fastest wide receivers I've seen. Obviously didn't go well. Um you know, you just kind of have to move past it. You know, you're standing here at four and two. Uh, it kind of can go either way now for them. It's, uh, you know, you have no pressure because obviously national title has gone out of your head. Big Ten title is almost very, very slim, like absolutely no chance. So you right. really are waiting to see what they're going, you know, what they're going to come out. Like, is it going to be a no pressure team that's just going to go out and ball? Or is it going to be a team that, you know, there's nothing to fight for and, you know, struggles the rest of the season. But I was really happy in the way the offense turned the corner in that third and fourth quarter. Hopefully we can, you know, continue that into the next week here against Notre Dame. Mitch Ball, your thoughts on Michigan losing another big game? Uh, Not shocked at all. That's all I can say. However, they did show a lot of fight in the end, and you know they were right there to tie that game up and potentially um, the last make, drive, yeah. make one heck of a comeback. Right? Had uh, Bell hung onto that ball. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm for Michigan though they have to be somewhat optimistic to see that fight. Oh, for like absolutely. Mitch, I mean, to be down 21, and then. On the road in perhaps a top five, if not one of the toughest whiteout uh, environments in college football, they showed a lot of fight. They did start out horrendously slow. I oh, mean, yeah. I I honestly did turn the game off when it was twenty one nothing and yeah. had no idea um, it was a game until it was twenty eight twenty one. Yeah, I, I just want to say one thing about this Ronnie Bell drop. You can talk about that. I'm telling you, I told you guys after the game if you give that kid that pass ten more times, he's going to catch them all because yep. he is. Our most reliable receiver we've had all year. You know, he's our leading receiver. But, you know, we're not even in that position without Ronnie Bell at all. Right. Because mm-hmm. no one, everybody remembers that drop in the end zone. No one remembers the drive before that made it 28-21. He exactly. had a um, – it was third and four from the Penn State 40. We threw it out to the right, and he ran it all the way to the Penn State 6 to set it up. That Shea Patterson run that it took us three times to score. 
no one even thinks of that. You know, if without him, you know, we could be still sitting at 28-14 and the game's almost over pretty much if Penn State runs it down, runs down the clock. So, right. obviously, it's, it's terrible that he dropped, and I feel for him. And obviously, he was emotional after the game, but, you know, it's – it, I, I just hate the way that people are hating on him for, you know, it was one catch at a huge time, but without him, we're not at the point, we're not at all where we are in our season without him. No, absolutely. That's a great point. That is yeah. a very fair point. Um, any final thoughts on this game as we move into this week's games? No. You're, you're good? You good over there, Mitch? I got all I needed to say. All right, so the, one of the biggest games of the week, 3.30, Auburn at LSU, LSU minus ten and a half. You pretty much got the young freshman going up, going up against the senior Joe Burrow versus Bo Nix. LSU is at home. Mitch Bala, our guy Joe Burrow, going again against another really good team. You mean Heisman Joe? Yep. How do they fare this week, LSU? Uh, Heisman Joe will keep it rolling simply because they can't take Auburn lightly because Auburn is a formidable foe. Yep. Uh, granted, LSU does have Alabama next week. But I really think because Auburn is so good and you're not looking at a team with a losing record like Wisconsin was with Illinois, um, I think LSU will handle business. I also just like how they're playing right now. Right. They, they um, look the part. They look like number one team in the country, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you could circle this as a trap game, but like I said, Auburn is a good football team. Right. I expect Bo Nix to show the struggles he showed when they went to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a true freshman quarterback on the road in a hostile environment. And I just I, listen. LSU has it has it all right now. Defense, passing game, the yep. running game, special teams. Coach O, coach, go Tigers. <laughs> That's all I care about. I just want to hear him say "Go Tigers." Yeah. And uh, I like seeing him say that after the game and look at Joe Burrow and be like, "Wow, that's my Heisman." Yep. But uh, yeah, I expect LSU. High to, scoring game, you think? Um, ten and a half points. Ten and a half points. Yeah. I expect LSU to cover. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I like a thirty-four to twenty-four, or I'm um, thirty-four to twenty-one game. Okay, LSU. Uh, Mitch Farns, with your thoughts over here after for this big SEC game. I watched that game, or uh, I watched the highlights of the game last week against Mississippi State, and Burrow's ability is just amazing. The offensive line, I, I get it's Mississippi State, obviously, you know, not, but the way he can stay in the pocket or step up when he has, he just has that mental mm-hmm. ability to get up. He gets. Like in, you know, step up in the pocket and the ability to make time to, you know, make a perfect pass. He has good wide receivers, wide receivers, and he gets to them. I was a little worried about LSU's defense, but the DBs played a lot better against Mississippi State. I thought they, I think, had four picks for Mississippi State. But, you know, it goes all the back to um, Burrow. You know, he's already set the school record at LSU with 29 touchdown passes in seven games. Um, Jesus, that's so low. Uh, the third ranked offense in the country. Uh, you know, and another big thing that made me pick LSU is Auburn's lost the ni- last nine trips to LSU. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's a huge stat. And then I'm looking at, you know, can Auburn's D-line? I know Derek Brown is a huge guy that's been big, and he played well in that Florida game. Uh, it's going to be a test, though, um, for that Auburn defense to contain Joe Burrow. You know, he's one of the most efficient quarterbacks, if not the most you know, efficient quarterback in all of college football. Mm-hmm. Um, and go back to the other side of the ball with Auburn, uh, jo- uh, Bo Nix, you know, have a tough day at the Swamp. It was, you know, they played well except that one Auburn game. Um, I don't think it's going to be any better for him in Death Valley. That atmosphere is just too big for him. One of the best. I did the, 
I did the stats too. I did Knicks has so far has played three games against AP top t- uh, twenty-five game, uh, teams right now, and they're Oregon, Florida, and Texas A&M. He is two and one in those games. His stat line for those combined, he is thirty-six of seventy-eight. Wow. And he has four hundred twenty-two yards, four touchdowns, and five interceptions. You look on the other side of the ball, Joe Burrow in his two games, a common opponent against Florida in a Texas team. He's 52 for 63. That's my Heisman. Over 80% efficiency against top 25 teams. Seven touchdowns and one interception. And that's why I think LSU is going to win. I'm going to take them 38 to 20. 38-20 LSU. We all will be in agreement here. I am also going to take LSU. I think the Joe Burrow train and Coach O is too much. Too, it's too good. I'm very excited for this, this matchup next week. LSU Alabama probably going to be one versus two, but they got to take care of business this week, and I think they do c- take care of business this week. I'm going to take LSU, uh, kind of low scoring. I think I'm going to go 28-17 LSU. Uh, but moving right along, we'll go back to Michigan here. Another week, and they have another really tough opponent against Notre Dame. The line's going back and forth right now. It's Michigan minus one. Uh, Miss Farnsworth, after the loss last week, do you think uh, they bounce back this week? If I see anything like I did on that third quarter, or the late third quarter and fourth quarter, I definitely think we have a fighting chance. Um, you know, Notre Dame is coming off a bye week. That's huge. They had a, a rough time with USC um, at some points. Uh, their wide receivers for uh, Notre Dame haven't been very explosive. They mostly use their tight end. So um, that's going to be an interesting way of how we develop, you know, a defensive game plan against them. Notre Dame's been able to run the ball, though. They're averaging six yards per carry in the last three games. So the big matchup, I think, is Notre Dame's O-line versus Michigan's D-line. Um, you know, that offensive line is really proving in themselves. You know, six, Like I just said, six yards per carry on the last three games. Um, as long as Michigan's offense look like they look like they turned the corner, um, these two teams are very, very evenly matched, I would say, so obviously with the line. But I think Michigan at home, I know this is going to be, if that offense can show up in what I saw, I think it's going to be, a, you know, not a huge scoring, you know, game. I still like Michigan in this game, 28-24, and it's mostly because they are at home. But it's going to be a little challenging because Notre Dame is coming off the bye. They're healthy and ready to go. I have a question for you here, Mitch. Um um, Jim Harbaugh is now one in eleven versus AP top ten opponents. You obviously just picked him to win, but what is like? What do you think the main cause of their issues are in these big games? You know, it, it, I, it just kind of goes back to what I said earlier. They just don't seem mentally prepared. Like they always take that punch in the mouth early, and you know, like like I saw it last year against Notre Dame. When the first quarter they went down twenty-one to nothing or fourteen nothing, and you know then they came they made that run backwards. They they came back to Notre Dame. I think it was twenty-four twenty-one, and then at the end of the game we're rushing and everything, and we had mistakes and we just fell behind. Um, I think this schedule is you know a rough one, obviously because you know it's you know we already had to play Wisconsin. You had a tough game at Army. You know, you've all these, you know, army, army really, but still that offense is, we could say they're three and three, obviously, but the triple option is obviously a very unique offense. That's tough to plan for. I'll give them that one. You know, I will give them that one. 
Exactly. So, and then you had to play Iowa at home, which was a defensive struggle, ten to three. You know, it, it's a lot of back-to-back games. You know, you can't. You know, this Big Ten schedule. I don't. I know. Obviously, you play who you have to play in the schedule, but you know, we have to play Notre Dame, and you know, it's no help to us because that's not a conference game. It you know is a, another top ten team we have to play in one of the, the top premier leagues or in one top like division we are playing with because we have to play still Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State, all these four teams and I think what we have six weeks left. Right. We got four four rivalry games left. It's it's a tough schedule. Um obviously first, but if you're gonna go into tough games, you know, you gotta be mentally prepared. And I think it's the mental part of the game that is tripping up Michigan against because when you keep on doing something, it gets in your head. And you're just going to keep on repeating until you can overcome that. So that's what I think is Michigan's problem is they are in a mental state that they can't win these big games because they haven't been able to. Right now, I'm right there with you. Mitch Bolley, your thoughts on this big Michigan-Notre Dame game? Well, uh, I'm just going to come out and say it. I like Michigan. Uh, that's all there is to it. I'm not going to put too much thinking into this. We watched them play last week, showed a lot of fight. Um, I like the blue tomorrow in the big house over the fighting Irish. Um, effectively uh, kicking out Notre Dame for the playoff race. They'll be done, obviously. Yes, Notre Dame will be out of the playoff race. Um, Michigan, like uh, Mitch said, is out of the college football playoff Yeah. as of now, unless you know something catastrophic happens. Um, no, no, that's not going to happen. You never know. never know. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen in my years. True. And uh, I've only been here for a short amount of time. So. Yep. Uh, no, I'm just going to keep it short and simple. I think what I saw to Michigan last week in the third and fourth quarter at Penn State that's a really uh, that's something to ride off of, right? And I, it's just my gut right now. Yeah, I, I, know. I think, and Mitch, this is tough for me. <laughs> I think Jim Harbaugh might show up for a big game. All right, we'll, we'll obviously see. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't have anything else to say about Michigan. I just, I think there's a good chance Harbaugh has his team ready after last week, and uh, they show up in the big house. No, oh, for sure. Um, Hope so. My thinking on this game, it's obviously what, what Michigan what Michigan team shows up. If you get the first half um, Michigan of last week against Penn State, you're going to get blown out. If you get the second half, you're going to be more inclined to keep it close. You might still lose, but obviously you have a much better shot of winning the game. But I learned against Wisconsin to stop pick, uh, quit picking Michigan <laughs> because I thought they were going to win that game, go on the road in Camp Randall, and they got – um, demolished and Notre Dame's looked good. I, I know they had a few uh, tough tests, lost to Georgia and had it close with Virginia, let them stick around, and then uh, USC also stuck around. So it's not like Notre Dame is killing everybody because they're not. And I just think this, I think both of these teams are pretty evenly matched. But I'm, I'm going to side it with Notre Dame just because of I don't know what Michigan team is going to show up. I know Notre Dame is going to be able to put up points. And I'm, I'm going to side with Notre Dame. I'll probably go with something like Michigan does have a really good defense. I think both teams are going to keep it close throughout the game, and it's going to be somewhat low scoring. I'll probably go 17-13 Notre Dame. Um, do we have any final thoughts on this huge game for Michigan? I'm good, good for me. You good over there, Mitch? It, it's good. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come down to the offensive line for Notre Dame, Michigan's defense. That's gonna be the marquee watch for that. That's all I can really say. Um, and then uh, moving right along, Ohio State finally is getting uh, tested 
We've seen them kill everybody, and now this was supposed to be a, a three versus five, three versus six matchup. But now, since we just touched on Wisconsin choking, uh, choking against Illinois, it is now three versus thirteen. Mitch Bala, as we are the Ohio State fans, I'll let you go first. Um, Ohio State, Wisconsin, noon kickoff. We get Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. Thoughts on this game? That's about the only good thing about what time they kick off, and it just that this this should be the primetime game of the week. Yep. Um, it should have been scheduled that way. Thank goodness it's not, though, because Wisconsin did uh, slip up last week at Illinois. Mm-hmm. I could go two ways here. You have a Wisconsin team coming off a loss to an Illinois team that is not good, in my mm-hmm. opinion. They could come into the shoe and absolutely get blown out by Ohio State. This game could be over by halftime. I could also see a scenario where the media all week, specifically the one I saw multiple times was Michael Wilbon, Mm -hmm. saying how Wisconsin is going to get trashed in the horseshoe tomorrow. He said they have, they just should not, he said it's going to be bad. Michael Wilbon was trashing Wisconsin, and I think most of the media has as well. For sure, yeah. And I could also see where that lights a fire under Wisconsin. Yep. And come tomorrow, it is going to be a dogfight. Mm-hmm. I don't think if that if that's the scenario, uh, Fields is not going to be the Fields we've seen. I don't think <clears throat> yeah. Dobbins will struggle. Mm-hmm. But there's one way to beat Wisconsin, and Illinois showed that. Make you stack the, ball. the box, yep. and you do not let Jonathan Taylor beat you. If you're going to beat me, you're going to beat me throwing the ball to the receivers on our great secondary. Right. If it's not the best secondary in the country. DBU. Okay. If Ohio State can't comprehend that, then they aren't the best team in the country. They aren't a top four team in the country. It is not that hard. You can say you can give me the, oh, well, all you want. They haven't played anybody, any player of Jonathan Taylor's No, you're absolutely uh, right. Stand, like, yeah. They haven't. No, right. Okay. He is the best running back in the country, but Fact. you stack the box. We yep. have a great defense. We have yep. the best. If we have one of the, if not the best, D end in the country, and oh, Chase Young, the best. We have the best secondary, in my opinion. Yep. You put everybody up. Get your linebackers up there. You stack the box. Jonathan Taylor needs forty-three yards and a thousand uh, for his third straight season. Their goal should be: do not let Jonathan Taylor hit a thousand yards tomorrow. Yeah. Like, e- easier said than done. Right. If Ohio State stacks the box, I don't care what Wisconsin team comes out, the one that wants to roll over or the one that is wants to prove something, Ohio State's offense will then wear that defense down. Mm-hmm. Because not only if we stack the box and make them beat us uh, with the pass, that means their defense is going to be coming out on the field a lot longer, right. not, not resting a whole lot. I like Ohio State tomorrow. Um, the spread is what, 14, 14 and, and a half. half, two touchdowns. Yep. I do like them uh, over the spread. Wow. I just – I. It's hard because I can see a scenario tomorrow where they win by uh, 28. No, right. I could also see a scenario tomorrow where they win by five. No, absolutely. My thing on this game, playing off the scenarios, I, I mean, I, I can see every scenario happening except Ohio State getting blown out. If they were to lose, I think it would be a close uh, Wisconsin victory, and I just see Ohio State winning. I don't know if they'll cover because, like you said, Wisconsin should be out for something. They're still not done in the Big Ten race. They could still win out and still be there in the West, although they are in second place in the West now to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, just had to throw that one in there. The, the Gophers, uh, we'll touch on them later, but Ohio State, Wisconsin. I like Ohio State. I think Wisconsin covers. I think it will be a close first half. 
and Ohio State kind of pulls away in the third and fourth quarter. I, I do think high scoring. I think Taylor will get loose because our linebackers are are the, the iffy spot of our defense, and I, I, I hope uh, they can stop the run. But I think Taylor gets loose. I think Fields and Dobbins get loose, and I think it'll be like 38-27 Ohio State. Um, Mitch Farnsworth, your thoughts on this game? This is a big game for Jonathan Taylor. This is probably the biggest game of his career so far. You know, he's like kind of laid back, like behind in the odds for the Heisman. If he wants any, you know, spotlight into the Heisman race, it's going to be this game. Um, I, I think this game, I, the way I'm seeing it, um, if Taylor can't it shows anything like he did against Illinois, like in the first half he was okay, but the deep second half with the fumble that was a major time, that's going to be a big thing. But I'm looking at Ohio State's offense. They have fields that can run the ball, you know, if there's no one open. They can go to J.K. and run the ball. They've got Ohio State's wide receivers are way better than anybody in Wisconsin's secondary. Um, Fact. You know, it's – if Dobbins can run the ball and fields can be able to run the ball, I and then they can still throw the ball, that's the three things you have to do on an offense. And I think Ohio State can do all three against Wisconsin's defense. Um, this is back-to-back road games for Wisconsin also. You know, just got upset. You know, this is they're going to be hungry. I just don't think they're going to be able to stay in this game because Ohio State, if they get up, they'll probably – Ohio State will struggle like they usually do because they struggle always in the first quarter. And then once the first – like the second half of the first quarter starts and into the second quarter, Ohio State figures out the defensive scheme and then they just attack what your weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. And I think once Ohio State gets up, you know, 10 or 17, Wisconsin doesn't have an offense to score that. You think Jake Cohn is going to be able to score, you know, mount a comeback against Ohio State defense like that? Absolutely not. Um, Unless this game's a noon game, it's not a night game. Um, It's an interesting way. I would think maybe Wisconsin would be able to stay in it if it was a night game, you know. But, you know, back-to-back noon games, it's, you know, after getting up early, you know, it's back-to-back weeks. It's a tough thing. I think Ohio State blows out Wisconsin. I think it's mild of a blowout. I think Ohio State 42 and Wisconsin 17. If we have time, I also have a question, you know, a a trivia of the week. If, you know, we did the Illinois two weeks ago. No, yeah, for sure. Okay. Wisconsin hasn't beat Ohio State in Columbus since 2004. Can you count how many loss home losses Ohio State has since 2004? Wow. Definitely in the single digits. Hold on. I'm going to give, give me 30 seconds. Um, um, I, I'm going to go with five. Final answer, five. That's Frank's final answer. Incorrect. So it's not five. So it's, probably, it's probably less. Higher or lower? Higher or lower five? Higher. Higher than five, it's, okay. It's seven. It is more than seven. Wow. What? Okay, I'm not shocked. Do you have the losses? So, what is it? The, so out of 110 home games since 2004, Ohio State has only lost 10 home games. Oh, it is okay. 10. In 10. Okay. Do so, you, do you... I'll break it down for you. Yep. Because I have one at Ohio State, Michigan State twice. Oh, Michigan State twice. Wait, who's, Oklahoma, who's that one? Oklahoma. I forgot about Oklahoma. USC in 2009. I about USC. Virginia Tech in 2014. Yep. Texas in 2005. Texas. Illinois in 2007. Seven. And Wisconsin had one in 2004. 
Did you say so Penn State I, or not? No. I'm sorry? Who was the second uh, team you said that beat us? Penn State had 2011 and 2008. I knew they beat us. I knew they did. Frank, I don't, I don't Fra- remember that game. I, I was mouthing off the teams to him, and, and Frank goes, not Penn State. I was like, I think Penn State beat us at home. I knew yeah. it. So then I did the rest of the Big Ten. Michigan okay. obviously has beat Ohio State in Columbus since 2000. Yes, I Merrill has never beaten Ohio State, so that's obviously out. Rutgers Turks. has never beaten Ohio State, and the mo- they've had 27 points in all five meetings. The lowest Ohio State has scored in those five meetings is 49. Oh, jeez. Minnesota has not done it, uh, done it since 2000, and before that it was 1949. Holy crap. Iowa, not since 1991. Nebraska has never beaten Ohio State in Columbus. Purdue hasn't done it since 1988, and Northwestern hasn't done it since 1971. Wow. So go Bucks. Wow. Does that I, shock I did, you? Does that shock I you? I did not know. I, the Texas one was uh, one I did not know. Forgot about Oklahoma, too. Um, Oklahoma one slipped my mind. I I remember watching the USC game. They lost. That was the Matt um, Barkley comeback game. That, yeah, Matt Barkley comeback game. I knew the Penn State one. I didn't know it was twice. I remember watching Juice Williams and the Illini coming in in 07 and beating Ohio State. Yep. Um, I remember the Michigan State games and yep. the Virginia Tech game, obviously. Right. Um, wow, that was that's a really good one, though. That was a good that was one. A great question this week. So moving along to our top ten rankings of the week, we have newcomer Oregon Ducks. Um, they're uh, number nine. Wisconsin stays in our top ten, so it's Wisconsin ten, Oregon nine, Florida eight, Notre Dame seven, Penn State six. The Sooners coming at five. Clemson uh, is four. Alabama three. Ohio State two. LSU number one overall. And my first question to you, um, Mitch Farnsworth, you, you you had Alabama one for a while. Now you bumped them down to three, and you had Ohio State at one. So what was your thinking there at the top? Uh, Alabama, you know, there was at some points during Tennessee last week, I was kind of concerned. And then Tua went down, mm-hmm. and, you know, they obviously pulled away at the end. Um, but I haven't seen, like, Alabama physically, you know, overcome their opponent. Like, like, like Tennessee, they struggle. And that's why I have Ohio State and LSU in front of them. Obviously, LSU has the two big wins, you know. Uh, they have the Florida win, and they have the Texas win so far. And, you know, Alabama hasn't really played anybody. I kind of, you know, I thought, you know, they were dominating the teams. And then Tennessee really was the game that, you know, got me thinking. Um, Right. LSU, like we just talked about. Iowa State, I think, is the most complete team in college football. They have murdered everyone on their schedule. They have owned the game from start to finish. Maybe Michigan State, or well, they, the worst start they've had is against Miami, Ohio, and we saw how that game turned out. Yeah. So that was probably the worst start to a game, but they've physically, mentally outdone their opponent every single game so far. 52 to 3 Northwestern. You know, you've had, like, there were some points that Northwestern could run the ball. It didn't account to any seven points. It was one field goal, and that's all they did. So, obviously, that's why I put Ohio State first, and I dropped Alabama, and the LSU went over Florida, and how impressed that they've been. That's why I moved them in front of Alabama. Um, newcomer here, Oregon Ducks, Mitch Bala. Close win against the comeback win against Washington. Yes. Why did However, you? Did, well, Oregon did cover against Washington. Let's yeah. just make that known right now. Um, you put them in. Uh, we all put them in at number nine. What was your thinking on putting them in? Uh, you got to look at it this, this way. If – we're going to hold teams accountable for their losses. 
They probably and have the best loss. They have the best loss. Like a last They second. lost to Auburn. Last second. Last second. Yeah. First game of the year. Yep. Neutral site. Okay. It's not like they lost at home to some scrub team. Okay. No, right. I think Oregon is making a play here to get back in the college football playoff talk. Yep. And represent the Pac-12. Because a bunch of these teams in front have to play each other. Ohio, exactly. Ohio State, of... Penn State, LSU, Alabama have to play each other. Clemson doesn't have to play anybody anymore. Oklahoma doesn't have to play anybody anymore. But there are still teams up ahead of them. That... You have to look at Ohio State, Penn State, one of them are going to get knocked out. Yep. LSU and Florida, one of them are going to get knocked out. Okay. Potentially Alabama as well. Exactly. LSU, Bama, Florida, two of those guys are gone. Notre Dame could lose this Notre, week. If Notre Dame loses, they're done. And then between Penn State and Ohio State, one of those teams are gone. Right. Oregon has a fighting chance. I also want to point this out. <clears throat> Anyone that has Georgia over Wisconsin in the top ten needs to look at themselves. No. Well, yeah. Wisconsin lost on the road. Okay. In a trap game. Georgia lost at home to South Carolina. To South Carolina, yeah, back and they didn't even have a big game the next week. Okay, nope. so there was no trap game. That needs to be held accountable for when teams are getting ranked. I will take a team. I, I listen. I think Wisconsin is a good football team. They're good. Yeah. I am holding Georgia accountable for their loss at home. Mm-hmm. Okay, against a backup quarterback in the South Carolina team. Yeah. That there's no reason you get that. When Georgia lost, they stayed in the top 10. And when Wisconsin loses by a point, you drop them to 13. That just, in my opinion, does not make much sense. But how about that talk that when Georgia lost, they still had those uh, segments on ESPN. Can Georgia still make the playoff? The second Wisconsin loses, well, the Big Ten can't get two teams in now. The Big Ten's weak. It's all, you know, it's just, it's annoying. These SEC schools, ESPN loves the SEC. Paul Feinbaum, man, slurps it up. Everyone has been... Just taking this SEC football's the best football. Well, you know it really isn't. Maybe a decade Ohio ago. State waxed Alabama in fourteen. Alabama got waxed last year by Clemson. What was it? Two or three years ago, Clemson showed they're beatable. Okay, yeah. they keep throwing the same team in there every year, and they aren't going to be like it. Just they're vulnerable. I'm tired of the SEC bias and everything. Right. Um, but I know you can go, go ahead, Frank. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, we're running short here on time, so let's run through the locks of the week real quick. Yeah. Um, Mitch Bala, what is your lock? Uh, lock of the week this week is Dartmouth, of course, because, you know, yep. Big Green. Uh, and then you're picking them. Uh, Mitch Farnsworth, your lock of the week. I'm taking Liberty, Liberty. Except at Rutgers. Liberty is on a six-game winning streak. Still- Hello and welcome back. We had some technical difficulties and. My idiot self forgot to bring the laptop charger and it died on us. So I'm going to finish up telling you our picks of the week. Um, Mitch Barley is going to take Dartmouth minus 20 and a half over Columbia. And then he is going to take uh, Boston College plus 34 um, over Clemson. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, I'm taking Notre Dame plus one over Michigan. And then I will be taking... Penn State minus five over Michigan State. Uh, Mitch Farnsworth told you his first pick was uh, Liberty over Rutgers. And he is also on the opposite side of Penn State, Michigan State. He is going to be taking Michigan State plus five or plus six, whatever the line was at the time. But those are our picks of the week. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you enjoy it, please share it and see you guys later. Thank you.